Can we, can we pray together? Could we just lift our hands to the Lord and just, and Father, we just glorify you this morning. We lift up your name. God, your kindness to us, your faithfulness to us. God, it goes so far beyond what we could ever deserve. It goes beyond what we would even think of asking for, God, the way that you care for us, provide for us, and meet us in every need. God, we just, Lord, we praise your name. We lift you up. God, I pray that this morning that just by your Holy Spirit, that you would just speak to the, the center of our hearts, God. I pray that we would just rise up in our faith, Lord. I pray that our confidence in you would be strengthened in such a deep and profound way. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would equip us and empower us to do all the things that you have called us to do. God, even as we look at the, what it looks like to, to serve you, and today as we talk about spiritual gifts, Lord, we just thank you for the giftings uh, that are on display, Lord, in this church. Lord, as people serve you and serve others the way you've empowered, Lord, we just thank you so much for the way you do that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, worship team, and you can be seated. It is, uh, it is so, yeah. Wow. It is, uh, it's so wonderful to, to be back. Um, I always find that in the summer, everybody always asks me if I still work here. Um, so like, yeah, we, we took a little bit of, we took a little bit of vacation and uh, just the beginning of July and spent the last two weeks at Nanus Bay camp for mids camp and, and, and highs camp as well. And um, man, God is just doing some wonderful things uh, at that camp and through the lives, uh, in the lives of our young people. What a wonderful couple weeks we had there, but it's good to be back. I always, I always feel much more relaxed when I kind of get home to church, and uh, it's so good to just to reconnect with everyone. And, um, you know, next next week, for those of you that are going to be up at Camp Sela with your families, we are going to have a service there as well as our service here. So next week, uh, I'll be speaking at Camp Sela for those that are doing the family camping. Uh, and so if, if you're here and you don't see me, it's, you know, just, you know, Pastor Ryan doesn't get 20 weeks of vacation every year. I just want to be really clear about that. I worked hard last week, I promise you. Um, I think we had of the 234 registered campers at Nanus, uh, we had, which is great, we had uh, 157 of them came to visit us uh, on the medical team. We counted. So uh, we, had a, we had a busy week, and that was just, just wonderful. But anyways, uh, on to other things. Okay, um, I didn't know if this was even okay and appropriate in church. But can I just start by saying I think we all know somebody like this? Is that, is that a thing? We do. Um, I mean, I, listen, just because you are unique does not mean that you are useful. That is true. Um, I, I, again, I don't even know. I was putting this together. I'm like, can I even say that in church? I just didn't know if it was too harsh or too blunt. And, you know, I decided what I would do is I would strip out any personal stories that illustrate that point just to, you know, keep things a little, <laughs> keep things a little more tame. But here, here's the thing. Like, I see this. I cringe a little bit, you know, when I, when I kind of read that because because even for myself, I think, you know, no matter how much I might like to push the envelope or, or even kind of just celebrate differences and things like that, you know, at the end of the day, at least for me, I always feel like there are things that really matter. And, and being able to do the job that I'm supposed to do well really does matter to me. It's a big deal. So for me personally, I would, I would say I really want to be useful. I, I want my life to make something happen. I want my life to make someone else's life better. I want my time on this planet to serve some kind of real impact. I want there to be a, a meaningful purpose. And, and I mean, 
I, I know I'm not alone here. I mean, our jobs and our family situations are completely different, but I think as soon as you and I were to get down and, and, and sit down and maybe have a coffee and, and have a really meaningful conversation about, you know, what really matters in our lives, why we do what we do, why we work hard, I, I, think, I think we're actually all the same. Every single one of us, if we're honest, wants to live a life that means something. We need to know that we are not just working for no reason. We need to know that, you know, at the end of the, the day, at the end of the years of the blood, sweat, and tears that we, put, that we put into things, we want to know that we made some kind of an impact in the universe. And maybe another way to say it is that every single one of us wants to fulfill the purpose of our lives. Now, the trouble is, it is very hard work trying to figure out the purpose of of our lives. I mean, isn't that kind of the big question? What, why am I here and what am I supposed to do? So I think what happens is that we end up actually making up purposes on a regular basis. And so um, they call this, you know, there's a name for this. It's called being the, the Texas sharpshooter. If you don't know what that is, you'll find out in a moment. But, you know, a lot of the time, um, the purposes that we invent go, yeah, there you go. Good. They go, they go a lot like that. Okay, that's called the Texas sharpshooter. So listen, we want to live a life that means something. We want to live a life where we have purpose, where we, where we hit the target, where at the end we say, wow, look at what I did. And so what we, we do tend to do is we tend to paint the target around the easy things we're already hitting. And uh, l- let me just give you some examples. When you ask people, you say, well, you know, really, what kind of legacy do you hope to leave? And these are the things you hear. Well, you know, if I could just be known as a really good person, I think I've fulfilled my purpose. I think if I could live a life where I feel like, like I'm at peace, that I'm really contributing to like, like the world's peace, so in a way I've really fulfilled my spiritual destiny. Or, well, as long as when I'm gone, my family really misses me, then I know that I've made my mark. And I just kind of keep thinking like, wow, like aim low, right? Like that's, that's it. This just, just aim, you know, listen, that is not a life that really means something. That is a gushy sentiment that we say that makes us feel a little bit better uh, about the fact that we have no idea why we're here or what it would even begin to look like to live a life that was great instead of mediocre. Okay, that is what it is. It's a bar set low statement. Um, and if that's your statements, by the way, and you feel personally attacked, don't worry. I'm going to help you have a better statement. Uh, we're going we're gonna to get there. But um, listen, let me put it this way. From the very first moment that we got our very first Blockbuster Video membership cards, or if you're under 25, from the very first moment that someone let you borrow their, your, their Netflix password, <laughs> from the very first moment, I know, I, I, I saw this tweet, sorry, this is just, I saw this tweet the other day, I thought it was hilarious. Someone just said, you know, I just told an 18-year-old that I used to get Netflix in the mail. Remember when Netflix had DVDs? And, and, I, and he, he thought I was lying. So anyways, that's all, <laughs> anyways, but it used to come in the mail. It, I know, right? But anyways, well, listen, from that very first moment, you know, we've all done the same thing. We have put ourselves in front of these epic films, these epic movies, where the hero does so much more than just develop a, a reputation as, wow, they were just such a really good person and they just lived at so much peace and you know, their mom and uncle and dog really missed them when they were gone. Like that's not the plot 
of the movies that we put ourselves in front of and really get into and, and, and cheer about. Because that would be a boring movie. I was thinking, like, can you imagine if you were watching, so imagine if that was the plot line of Star Wars, you know? Like the movie just kind of ends with, and Luke Skywalker was known as a really nice guy who was at peace despite the fact that stormtroopers murdered his family. The end. Like, that would, that would just be a terrible movie. Like, there was no one wants to watch that movie. Or you can imagine, like, the Lord of the Rings, the very first one. Is out. And even though Frodo then handed over the ring to those creepy guys on those black horses, they killed him. But his family really missed him. And so, in a way, he fulfilled the destiny of his life. Like, that's not, that's not a real movie. Like, that's not good. You know, we don't, we're not going to pay to see that. And, and so I want to propose something really radical this morning that it, it, it's, maybe it's a little crazy for you, but we're, we're going to go there. What if rather than simply fulfilling a purpose that we have invented for ourselves, what if it was actually possible for us to fulfill something that truly is epic, a destiny that we were meant for that is bigger than us? I mean, we don't like to necessarily imagine to go there because there's so much at stake. I mean, you know, it's not painting the target around the bullet hole anymore. I mean, if you miss it, you know you missed it. But what if it's actually possible? I mean, you know, we keep saying the world needs a hero. What if our lives looked a little bit more like the heroes in our favorite superhero movies? I mean, what if, you know, you know it's kind of like you when Luke Skywalker destroys the Death Star and when Frodo risks his life selflessly and finally destroys the ring, when, you know, when Mulan defeats the army bent on destroying her people. I mean, I'm just pulling here, whatever your favorite movie is. I don't know where you go. I know. The Mulan reference was for Jade, but anyways. Just throwing that out there. Favor, her favorite movie. It's great. But see, here's the thing. Have you ever noticed that no matter what our favorite hero story is, the formula is the same. You've got this hero that is uniquely gifted to do what other people could not do, and the universe is waiting for them to fulfill their destiny. See, that's the formula for a great hero movie. And, and I just don't think that that formula is actually limited to the movies. And let me just tell you a little bit about why. It's because of this word gospel. Now, <clears throat> gospel is a loaded term. And it is a word that I think gets thrown around so often in church that very quickly actually loses its meaning. <clears throat> and you may not know this, but gospel is actually uh, primarily used as a Roman military term. It is, it is the good news of total liberating defeat over an enemy. That's what, that's what gospel, you know, so someone says, well, the gospel, it means good news. Yeah, but not like good news in the sense of like, you know, hey, I just saved money on my car insurance. Not like that kind of good news. It does, that's just too small. Like it's not. So when, when you would hear the term gospel, it was usually in a military context. And, and here's what it is. It's this idea that says, okay, so there was this army and, 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 if, we, and if, we, if, if they get past us, they're coming to the city and they're gonna ransack everything and everyone's gonna die. And we're gonna go out to meet them and we hope it goes well. And, and, so, and if victory happens, then there is the good news, the gospel of victory over this enemy. 
that liberation has happened. And so when Christians proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, they are proclaiming that God's victory over darkness, the promise of life that overcomes death, the return home to God the good father for every broken and hurting soul, that that is actually happened, that that is possible. So when we start talking about gospel, we are talking about the total liberation of humanity. And this is a really, really big idea. It's an incredible, it's a big deal. It's, a, it's the story actually that makes sense of all of our stories. And what's even more incredible is that the way that this gospel actually comes to life, the way that God actually transforms families and neighborhoods and communities and even entire nations is person by person, one transformation at a time through people like you and me who are ready to live for their destiny and not just for the status quo. That is the epic adventure that the universe is waiting for you to fulfill. And so it really matters. And, and, and this, this person by person transforming, it, it, it doesn't happen because the Christians who do this are you know, particularly good people. It doesn't happen because they're particularly smart people. It doesn't even happen because they're very talented people. It happens when Christians become empowered people. That's what it takes to fulfill your destiny. When God gives Christian people gifts and even a supernatural ability to do something that other people cannot do, that is when the hero story comes to life and the universe waits for each Christian to fulfill their unique destiny. Now, I don't know if anyone's ever talked to you about this in this way before, but you're invited into this. Uh, this is not an elite club for a few people, you know, who are just real, you know, this, you know, when you watch the hero movie, it's, you know, you know, Luke Skywalker's the hero or Mulan's the hero, but there's all these other bystanders who's like, well, there's like, yeah, I'm just, just kind of like, I'm average. I just, I'm kind of background scenery. I'm just kind of stand here. And, and what you may not realize is that's actually not how God's hero movie works. Like you are invited into this. This is not for the select few. This is not for the elite. This is for ordinary people like you and me as we do our ordinary stuff, like go to the grocery store and go to work and do life with our families. You're invited into this. And I think that we settle for purposes that are smaller because sometimes we're afraid or sometimes just that no one has ever told us that there could be more than that. And the supernatural empowering that we're kind of talking about here, believe it or not, is actually already resident in your life. But the question is, do you even know it's there and what are you doing with it? And so um, we get a great explanation about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And so I'd like to read this together. And if you have your Bible, you can go there. We'll put it up on the screen if, uh, if you prefer that. But this is what we read in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says, well, God's various gifts are handed out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere, but God himself is behind it all. And each person <clears throat> is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. 
all kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit to all kinds of people. The variety is wonderful. Wisdom and knowledge and faith and healing and miracles and prophecy and discernment and tongues and interpretation of tongues. All of these gifts have a common origin but are handed out one by one by the Spirit and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. <clears throat> Notice how Paul kind of sets this up. when He's going to talk about this. He says, each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. And that's, that's a big deal because when you talk about each person, we really mean each person. Each person, each of, each of us here is given something to do that shows who God is. Every single follower of Jesus. So whether you've trusted him for 30 minutes or for 30 years, every Christian is given something to do to show who God is. And that means that these gifts are for everyone, for everyone. Do you, see, do you see what I mean there? That these gifts are given to everyone for the benefit of everyone. So when we, you're in church and you hear people start talking about spiritual gifts and what are they for? Well, spiritual gifts are for everyone, for everyone. And if we can begin to understand that, it's incredible how that can actually transform our, our understanding of how we fit into the church of Jesus. And here's what's even more. These spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit has given you are actually intricately connected to the actual purpose of your life. The taking part in the most significant thing that's ever happened in history kind of way. Because this is your connection to what God is doing in gospel. So God would look at all of history and say, this is what I'm doing to redeem humanity. This is what I'm doing to bring justice. This is what I'm doing to bring restoration and victory over death. And this is your part of it. This is your role. This is what you will do. And when you do it, people will see me. People will see what I'm doing. You're invited into that. It's big stuff. At the very moment you trusted Jesus, the Holy Spirit got really excited and handpicked for you spiritual gifts that would be resident in your life so that you could fulfill your destiny. And this is, this is big. And what that means, by the way, is that you actually don't get to decide which spiritual gifts you have and which ones you don't. And, you know, you can't come and, you know, slip the pastor, you know, 50 bucks and say, hey, can you, I was really hoping to have that one. Like, just, you know, just keep this down the down low. But, you know, yeah, money doesn't work anyways. It's always coffee. I'm just going to throw that out there. But, but, but even, even so, it's, I, sorry, I'll, I mean, I'll, t I'll take the coffee, but I'm, there's nothing I can do for you. There's nothing I can do. I'll drink that latte, but, you know, sorry, it's... It's out of my hands. You see, the Holy Spirit decides what gift you will be empowered with. And what you need to decide is only really one thing. Will you be faithful to use the gift that the Holy Spirit has already chosen for you? That's the question. That's the big question because this is how it is. You cannot fulfill your purpose if you are not faithful with your gifts. 
This is what it all rests on. Now, we need to back up just a second and probably really answer the question, okay, so hold on, you're talking a lot about, what, what do we mean by spiritual gifts? And I think it's important we go there because there's a lot of misconception around spiritual gifts. Um, you know, they are not status symbols, they are not badges, they are not showpieces. Spiritual gifts are the empowerment that you need to fulfill the calling of your life. These are not just natural talents, these are not just personality traits. These gifts are powerful tools for the function and the role that God has designed for you in the body of Christ. And as far as what kinds of gifts there are, Paul lists a few of them here. But by the way, he doesn't list all of them here. Okay, so the, the few gifts that Paul just kind of mentions briefly in this passage, they're kind of like a, they're like a short list that would jog the memory of this church. Be like, oh, right, like all the spiritual gifts. It's kind of like he's saying, well, you know, remember this one and this one and this one and that one and this one and this one. But he's not giving you the whole list. He's given you a few. And so while his sort of highlight list uh, does cover a lot, he talks about the spiritual gift of wisdom. He talks about the gift of knowledge, of faith, of healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment, tongues, interpretation of tongues. It's just not the extensive list. And, and if you read some of Paul's other letters, you realize he talks about spiritual gifts a lot. And you'll see lists in other books of the Bible that are just kind of like this one. Some overlap, but are, are longer, have other gifts and things like that. But why don't we just take a little quick look at some of the gifts that were mentioned, because I think if we kind of look at what some of them are, we can learn a lot about spiritual gifts as a whole. And that's kind of important because, you know, we want to actually fulfill the purpose and the destiny of our lives. So understanding this would, would be very helpful. And so why don't we start, he, he starts the list, he talks about wisdom. Like, and you say, well, what is the spiritual gift of wisdom? See, this is the thing is a lot of the time it's not totally intuitive to us. We kind of read a list of spiritual gifts. We're like, well, and that person's got the spiritual gift of wisdom. And you're just kind of like, what does it actually look like? And so this is, when we talk about the gift of wisdom, we're talking about someone who is empowered to connect scriptural truths to complex situations in a way that goes far beyond what most Christians are able and leads to wise decisions and even the most difficult circumstances. And, and so, because here's the thing, if you are just, if you are a Christian and you read scripture, you know, and you, and you begin to put things into your life in obedience to Jesus, you're gonna be wiser. You're gonna make better choices. You'll, you'll handle your relationships better. You'll handle your finances better. You, you'll handle everything better if you just read scripture and do well. But that's not the same thing as the spiritual gift of wisdom. That's a whole different level. We're talking about if all of the Christians are reading scripture and they're, they're trying to be obedient to Jesus, but then you get these circumstances, these situations that come up and they're really complex. The stuff that just makes you kind of look at that and you be like, I do I mean, I've read the Bible, but I have no idea what we should do here. Because I just feel like every way looks like the wrong way. Like, I just don't even know. And, that, and so what, what Paul is saying, there are people who have been given the spiritual gift of wisdom. That when all the other faithful believers, just like we're scratching our head, that they, the spirit of God would just give them, you know, a profound level of insight to say, you know what? You may not notice this at first glance, but there's this passage of scripture over here that teaches us this. And I really kind of felt like the Holy Spirit is nudging me over here. And I would just say that I think the right way forward would be this. It becomes a thing. It's, and everyone kind of hears it and they say, oh, wow, yeah. And it's kind of like you read this phrase in the book of Acts. It seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us that we should do it this way. See, that's, that's what happens when this, this, this spiritual gift of wisdom is operating. 
And so you look at it and say, well, that's really cool. We need that, don't we? We need to have some, you know, some friends in our church that we can just kind of say, man, like I, I've been, I have wrestled with this in prayer. And I don't know. And they just begin to use their spiritual gifts and connect dots we could not connect. And we need that. And you look at it and say, well, great, cool. <clears throat> There's two questions you're asking. The first question is, how do I know if I have that gift? But the real question most of you are asking is, how do I know who else has that gift? Because I just need to, you know, text them right now, throw them things. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, the best way to discern whether you have any spiritual gift and the best way to tell the difference between a natural ability and a spiritual gift is actually to get involved in doing ministry. If you want to know, do I have the spiritual gift? Well, the only way you find out is by doing ministry, is by participating in gospel work. That's how you find out. Because, you know, you can go online and say, well, I'm going to take the spiritual gifts quiz that I found on Google somewhere. I don't know, just there were five that popped up. You know what the difficulty is? Every single one of those questionnaires, every single one of those quizzes asks you a bunch of questions about the ministry you have already done. And they're always going to ask you two things about it. Was it fruitful? And was there joy and deep sense of satisfaction in your heart when you served in that way. So you realize the challenge is, is it's very difficult to take a spiritual gifts questionnaire if you have never in any way participated in ministry work. If you, and, and this is kind of the thing, actually, and we need to just broaden the definition when we talk about you need to get involved in ministry work because there's already somebody who's just like, all right, all right, I'll sign up to help with VBS already, okay? We get it, it's tomorrow. You're talking about spiritual gifts. Twist my arm, why don't you? It's not why we're saying this, but seriously, sign up. Um, no, the, the, the thing is, no, no, that's, listen, that, we need to broaden our, do you know what one of the, the most difficult realities is that we, when we talk about getting involved in ministry, everybody kind of thinks of all these, these programs, but do you realize that a Sunday morning gathering when the church comes together is actually meant to be this, you're supposed to do ministry here. And so we kind of have this horrible idea in the church that, well, it's like, well, you know, I go to church and, you know, and think about how the room is arranged. I mean, there's, everything's just kind of facing this direction. So, you know, you put the people doing the ministry up on the stage and it's been like, that was a good show. You know, that, that's kind of the, the subconscious sort of thing that's just being thrown out there. But that's not the way it's meant to work. In fact, as you start going through the spiritual gifts, you're going to find a lot of them that they're like, well, I, I don't, where would I even use this spiritual gift? Right? You talk, where, where, where do we find this, this spiritual gift of, well, he spoke in tongues and that guy interpreted it. Well, probably that's happening when you come to do ministry as a congregation on a, on a Sunday morning in a gathering. When are you going to use that spiritual gift of wisdom? Well, maybe... You know, you're, you've got a, you had a conversation in the foyer before you got, here, you got into the service and someone's just sharing something with you and it just kind of is, you know, it's just on your heart and, and as you just begin to worship the Lord, God just begins to speak to you and you just can be like, I can't even, you gotta go and just tell them, man, I just really feel like the Lord is speaking to me for you. And so the only way to know if you have spiritual gifts is to adopt a mentality that, my job is not to keep a pew warm once a week. My job is to come and do ministry. 
Because remember, the Holy Spirit gave everybody something to do that when you do it, it shows people who God is. That's not limited to a program you volunteer for. It's supposed to be put right into your life. And so if you want to know what your spiritual gifts are, you just have to start doing ministry. And the more you do ministry, the clearer your discernment will be and the clearer your church's discernment will be. And so as you serve in, in different ways, here's the two things you're, you're going to measure. You're going to measure, like you said, the, the impact of your ministry work and the amount of joy that you have doing it. And so this is where you need reflection internally and you need feedback externally. Now, now let, me, let me tell you why. You may have a lot of joy serving in certain roles but the joy might actually be limited to you. I'm just, just gonna, gonna say that. You might say, wow, I just, just really feel like I've got the spiritual gift of administration. Do you know what? Like, I, I, I work with some really, really honest people and they've just told me, like, you know, Pastor Ryan, you don't have the spiritual gift of administration. God did not give that to you. And you know, and I could sit down sometimes and be like right into a process and be like, oh no, but it's like, it's great. I'm loving, like I'm getting stuff done. And the joy is all mine. The joy is not necessarily the people who are working with me. See, we need that feedback. It's because when other people in the church are just saying, well, hold on, but wait, wait, hold on a second. When you do that thing, like the whole, that's, that's, that's different. Listen, I, I've talked to a lot of people. No one said that. The way, you, you, the way you said that, something just, God spoke to me through that. Like, see, that's, those are indicators that, okay, this, this is probably your spiritual gift, right? So you get that feedback going on. Now, the reason you do also have to reflect is there are some things that you are so naturally good at doing that other people in the church might mistake them for your spiritual gift. Listen, like, you may, maybe your professional training has just made you incredibly good at administration. Like everybody, when they put you in charge of a project at the church, man, and everybody runs like, oh my goodness, you are just, like there's just so much efficiency. Wow, this is your spiritual gift. I've never been happier serving. But inside you're like dying. You're like, I just wanna kinda, I'm just, wow, there's, there, there's a drill over there. I was just going to start like putting, putting holes in my arms and legs because I'm just kind of losing my mind doing this all the time. You know, if the ministry you're doing, you know, makes you just want to take a handful of Benadryl and go to sleep for a week, there's no sense of pull. Listen, your talents are great, but if there's not something inside of you that just begins to, to resonate and say, I just, man, there's just, I love doing this even when it's hard. Even though we, I lost sleep and even though I had to push through adversity and even though three people on my team didn't even like me and one didn't wear deodorant. <laughs> Sorry, that's like more, but maybe it's a youth ministry problem. I don't know, but. I spent last week at teen camp, okay? Like there were things going on. I, it smells I could never forget. But, um, but listen, if, if you've got a joy inside of you that helps you push through adversity and you still just keep coming back and say, I come to life when I get to do this. And that's met by feedback outside of people saying, you know, we come to life when you do this. 
that is a really good indicator that you have probably zeroed in on what your spiritual gifts are. That these are the things that God has given you to do that showcase the greatness of who God is. So this is how we discover what our spiritual gifts are. So let's, let's, look, at, let's look at two more, because there's something else I want to point out. The other thing is, don't think for a second you just have this like one spiritual gift. Because that's usually not how it works. It's not like, well, I got this one, you know. It's not like, you know, it's not this little tiny box. I'm like, okay, I've got one thing to do and one thing only. So let's, let's look at the connection of a few things. So we look at things like, Paul, uh, Paul mentions faith and then healing. He mentions them back to back. Can, can we just look at that for a second? What does it mean to have the gift of faith? Well, listen, we, we all have some faith. You know, that, that's how you became a Christian. You put your faith in Jesus. Um, so we've all got some faith, but what is the spiritual gift of faith? Well, it's being empowered to believe with unwavering confidence in God's ability to come through, no matter how uncertain others might be or what's standing in the way. Now listen, I, I have a lot of faith, and sometimes I just have moments where the Holy Spirit will just really just give me some confidence extra, but I don't necessarily know that I have the spiritual gift of faith, because there's a lot of times... Okay, it's like confession moment. I'm off, I'm off notes, so terrible things are going to be said now. You're going to know way too much. But listen, I, I'll be honest with you. I have some times, you know, even where, where, where people say, hey, could you just pray for this? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm just like, oh, God, like, God, I, I know you can, but like, whoa. I, it, it's, it, come on, like, we're all there, right? You know, you're all like, can we let this guy go? He's a terrible pastor. You know, like, I don't know where you're at right now. It's my last sermon at Generations Church. But uh, no, the, the, the thing is, though, is that there, I, I, but I've been fortunate enough to meet some people, and I don't know, it is just, it is nothing short of just the supernatural spirit of God. This is a gift in their life that, you know, often coupled with healing. Because they say, well, I'm going to go and pray for healing. I believe that God can do it. But I'm sitting there saying, God, I really hope that you can do this, whatever. But like if someone says, like on a scale of one to 10, how sure are you? I'm like, Please, I don't know. Like, don't ask. But I'm going to pray with faith. But I got these other people who are just like, yeah, God's going to do that. Well, just, just heal it right now. And it was like, cool. <laughs> wow. But that's a spiritual gift of faith. And I've never met a person who has a spiritual gift of healing who did not also have the spiritual gift of faith. They kind of go together. And I've met these people. Uh, you know, people with the spiritual gift, empowered to be used more often than most other Christians to bring about physical healing through prayer and the laying on of hands. Now, do you need to have the spiritual gift of healing in order to see someone healed by God? No, of course not. No, the Bible says, listen, we got people who are sick. We're going to lay hands on them. We're going to pray with faith. Absolutely. But there are these Christians that just see that more often than other Christians, these prayers that they're praying, just, they're answered way more often. There's something going on supernaturally there that when this person begins to pray, something, something seems to happen more than it does with other people. Spiritual gift of healing. These things go together. You know, so don't be surprised is if you begin to do ministry and discover what your spiritual gifts are, if you start to notice that they kind of are coming in bundles here. I kind of got this gift, but boy, that gift sure has helped out by a little bit of this gift. And this is kind of how the Holy Spirit works. And, and don't forget that every single one of these gifts, if we look at the overall purpose, is actually put together 
for the blessing and the equipping of the entire church on its mission. So the last one we'll look at really quick is a, is a gift of prophecy. Now, I, I think it's, this is important to mention because I think sometimes when we hear about the gift of prophecy, we become deeply concerned. Um, you know, I kind of picture a guy in a bathrobe proclaiming the great disaster is coming, right? He's a gift of prophecy. He came and he's like, hey guys, uh, pack up your cars. The flood's coming. You're like, oh, dang, you know, there's, you know, there's Steve with the gift of prophecy. Man, we're just, you know, it's terrifying. That's, that's just not it. No, 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 no. That's not what the prophetic gift looks like in the New Testament. And so when we look at the spiritual gift of prophecy, we're talking about someone who's empowered to proclaim God's words, calling out loud for the fulfillment of things that God has said will be for the benefit and encouragement of those in the church. It's an empowered declaration of what God has promised he will do. And it's a reminder in a very timely moment that God just says, listen, someone says to you, listen, I just feel like God is reminding us of this. God is saying this right now. And they just begin to call out the things that God has said will be, but they have not happened yet. And as they just begin to do that, there is just something that ignites in the believers around them. They just begin to say, you're exact, man, exactly what you said is what I needed to hear. That just got, got me going. See, the thing is, spiritual gifts are not scary things. They are positive things. They are things that are given for a blessing and a benefit to the church. These are the things that God has given you to do that shows who he is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. Okay, so here's, here's the thing. So if, if you would like a full list of about the 23 most commonly cited spiritual gifts from Scripture, and, you know, those, some of those descriptions, uh, those and all the rest of them, um, you can just go to this link because this we would be here till next week if we're going to go through all of these. But I, but I know what you're thinking. It's just, it's not always intuitive. Like, what do you mean? What does that spiritual gift really look like? So um, if you just point your phone at that, on, if you have an iPhone on camera mode, a link will pop up, or just go to sermon.link slash gifts. And there's 23 of the most commonly cited gifts in the New Testament. There's a little explanation. This is what this is. This is what this looks like. Uh, but I would just encourage you this. Um, you know, don't just download them and read them. Would you pray over them? And just begin to ask God to help you discern, Holy Spirit, what did you take great delight in putting inside of me? What is it that you have given me in order for me to do the ministry? Um, but, I, but I need to be honest with you, understanding what all these gifts are is actually not the most important thing. Uh, in fact, I, I believe that most Christians at some point have probably, um, you know, come upon a list like this one and they've read them. You've probably actually been educated at some point about spiritual gifts. So, you know, yes, knowing them is helpful, but it, it's, it is not the most important thing. In fact, it's not even close to the most important thing. There's something much more important that you need to come to terms with this morning. You need to decide to do. Because here's, here's the problem in a message like this. It's really easy to kind of check that little satisfaction box in your heart. Be like, yeah, so like, I, I, first of all, I went to church, and it was a nice day. I went. Cha-ching. And then I even downloaded the list of spiritual gifts. It's like doing the extra credit assignment, right? Like you downloaded it, and I read it. Check, Feeling good. You could walk out of here with a great sense of satisfaction, but actually do zero, nothing useful. So if those are your checkboxes, 
Erase, 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 erase. You have checked nothing. Here's your checkbox you have to decide to do. You have a lot of reasons to don't in your life, but you need to do. So what are the reasons why we don't actually do the ministry? What are the reasons why we don't discover all of our spiritual gifts? It was because we didn't do. You've got a lot of don't reasons, and okay, so what are some don'ts? Well, maybe you're scared. You know, you heard there's an opportunity to teach little kids about Jesus in Kids Zone, but you were just terrified that you're gonna be terrible at it, so you don't. But here's the thing. If you have zero idea what your spiritual gifts are, everything is gonna be scary. You just gotta do. You just gotta say, I guess I'll give it a go. That's it. You cannot fulfill your purpose if you are not faithful with your gifts. And if you have not done, if you don't, you're not doing, you will not discover and you will not fulfill your life purpose. So listen, you'll never know unless you try it. Now, maybe you get into it and you're like, wow, I definitely found out that kids' ministry is not for me. That's okay. Now you go and do something else. It's only as you do that you're going to know. So listen, if you're scared, just do it scared. You're going to be scared anyway. Just do it. And, and maybe you're exhausted. Your life is insanely busy. You're committed up like to like an 11 out of 10 on a billion different things. So when you hear that we want to take our hospitality ministry and our church to the next level, something kind of tugs inside you, but it feels impossible because you're completely overwhelmed. And so instead of doing, you don't. But you cannot fulfill the purpose of your life if you are not faithful with your gifts. So listen, if you have to cut something out of your life, do not cut out the opportunity to fulfill your main life's purpose. Cut out something else. Make room somewhere else so that you can do the things that God has given you to do, that he's placed gifts inside of you that bring you to life and everybody else. Be careful what you cut. Don't cut out your opportunity to do. Or maybe you're just completely uncertain and confused. This all sounds good. You don't know where to start. I mean, you could join the Loaves and Fishes Food Bank. You could become an usher. You could become Proud 68 leader. But you just don't exactly even know what people do on these teams. And so you just are, you don't feel like you're don'ting. You just feel like you're waiting. Um, listen, because you cannot fulfill your purpose unless you're faithful with your gifts, I just want to give you permission to try things out. It is okay to sign up for a season of ministry and say, hey, listen, I am not committing to be in the nursery for the next decade. Some of you just got out. It's like a, kind of felt like a little bit of a prison stretch, you know, like oh, I did 10 years of hard time in that nursery. It changes a man, you know, like, Listen, no, 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 no. In fact, just so you know, one of the things, you know, one of the things we do at Vertigo is we actually give people an end date. We ask you to say, it's a seasonal commitment. You're going to start here and end here. If you want to renew after that, that's fine. You know why we do that? Because we don't, we don't want it to feel like hard time, but, you know, the, because sometimes if you're uncertain, you're trying to find out what my gifts are and how I can be used. You just need the freedom to be able to try some things. And that's exactly what you should do. So let me, let me wrap it up with this. Uh, a few years ago, I, I went to go start, start my car. And it just, I don't know if you've ever had this, but like it sounded awful. 
Like I just started, I'm like, and I actually, I don't think what it was, it didn't even quite start right away. So it was really, it was cold out and it's an old car. I was like, okay, but whatever. Finally got it going. It just sounded like rotten. Like what is going on? And I, you know, I'm backing up out of the driveway and it's kind of sputtering. I'm like, what the heck? Pulled right back into the driveway. Something's going on. You know, turn it off. I look under the hood and I'm just like, there, there was no obvious anything crazy going wrong. Like I didn't even have like, you know, check engine light, but it's just something was just wonked. So I started again, it sounds more awful, and wait two seconds, then, oh, there's my check engine light. Okay, now, so what I ended up doing is, I mean, I literally hobbled my vehicle over to the garage and got the mechanic to look at it and just being like, this is messed up. I don't know what's going on. <clears throat> I was losing power, and it just, you know, it's just difficult. Like, thank goodness it was not a busy time on the road. I think I was limited. I was like 40K, like, just like, like, it was just awful, right? And so, you know, it was nothing really visible at first, but they got, you know, got it up in the hoist and got to look at it. What it was is, is underneath some covers and stuff, there had been, uh, he says, well, here's the bad news. You know, a rat's crawled up into your engine and started chewing your wires. You go, yeah, this happens. This is an island problem, right? Yeah, so he's been chewing, and it's actually damaged not too bad, but one of the wires he got right through, you're a spark plug down. Oh, so I, so I literally had one cylinder just was not firing because there was just zero, there was zero electrical connection to the rest of the vehicle, right? And just one cylinder out. Now, here's the thing. It was only, it was, it was one cylinder I was down. But the result was that my car was limping along at medium power, a struggle to get to the destination. I'll tell you what, that is exactly what the church is like when members of the church are not using their spiritual gifts. Because you think it doesn't matter. You think that, you know, you think it's, it's, well, you know, if I don't use my gifts, I mean, there's a lot of people here. So if I don't use my gifts, it's probably just going to be fine. No, no, that's literally like Luke Skywalker just saying, it's like, you know what, Obi-Wan? Like, there is someone else that can take on Darth Vader. It's like, no, man, that, that was you. And when the church of Jesus has people who are members of that church who are just being like, well, you know, if it's not that big of a deal if I don't use, it is a big deal if you don't use your spiritual gift. The Bible says we have every gift that we need to succeed as a church in this congregation. We actually have everything we need. So if we are lacking, if we are sputtering, if we are not reaching the people God's called us to reach, if we are not doing the things that God has called us to do, it is not because God has not given us what we need. It's because the people to whom God has given those gifts have kept them in the box in the wrapping paper and have not opened them to use them. And while it's a tragedy personally that you could go through your life and never fulfill your destiny, it is a far greater crisis when the church of Jesus does not have the impact that God has said it can have. So here's what I would challenge you to do this morning. We need to decide what kind of church we will be. Are we going to be the kind of church that fires on all cylinders? Are we going to be the kind of church where every person uses their gift? And let me just say this. Some of you, you don't use your gift because you've been, you've been burned out before because people saw how talented you were. Listen, God's not asking you to do everything. He's asking you to do that one thing. And you, do, you use your gifts. You do your one thing. And what? let someone else do their one thing. And you'll find that not only are you not burned out, but you are deeply fulfilled in the things that God is putting in front of you. And you will see fruitfulness that is beyond anything you've ever seen before. Could we stand together? I would love to, to pray with you.
You cannot fulfill your purpose if you are not faithful with your gifts. Father, we pray that you would help us to be doers. God, that you would just, all the reasons that we don't, God, that you would just, God, would you push us past those things? God, I pray for every person in this place who is just trying to discover, God, what, what is it you've gifted me to do? What have you put inside of me? Lord, would you just, would you just show them? Would you even, Lord, we just pray. We know there are people with gifts of discernment and wisdom in this, in this congregation. Would you direct those with those gifts by your spirit to just begin to bring guidance and direction into those who are searching? God, we pray with those that you have given gifts to speak, to speak your words, to declare your truth. Lord, would you just fill them with greater confidence and boldness? God, that they would use their gifts regularly for the glorification of your son, Jesus, and for the edification, for the building up of this body. God, we thank you for those who, who have beautiful serving gifts, God who have an ability to do things with their time in their hands that make an eternal impact beyond what anyone would see. Lord Jesus, we pray that they would feel contentment and satisfaction as they serve not people, but you with their gifts. But Jesus, we pray that as a family, as a church family, that you would help us to be the kinds of people who would always use the gifts you've given us and that we would go to great places as a church because of that faithfulness. And we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. You know, before you head out this morning, one of the, some of the spiritual gifts that we see regularly in our church, we've got people who have been, they have the, the gift of intercession. Just this powerful, powerful ability to pray life over others. See, people with, prophetic giftings who, you know, I've seen it just right around there, even before we even came into the service. We had, in our prayer time, Brother Mel just said, I just feel like this is what the Lord is saying this morning as he just began to just declare that God's word, there's something inside of me that just was like, yeah, that's exactly what God's saying. And some of you need that. So I would just encourage you this morning, if this is resonating with you and you're like, man, I just need to do something. We are gonna have our, our prayer team is gonna be in the lounge right after the service and they would love to use their spiritual gifts. But before you go, I'd love to just give you a blessing. In ancient times, those who wanted to give someone else a blessing would raise their hands like this and those who wanted to receive one would do the same. And I would invite you, if you'd like to receive a blessing this morning to raise your hands. May your heart be tuned to the opportunities that God has set up for you and you alone. May you be faithful to use your gifts and may the fruit of your ministry be eternal. Amen. Be blessed.